Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias. With me today, as always, is Kyla. Hey. Who is back at 500 and the proud owner of the worst fantasy football win that I've seen (laughs) in quite some time. I won ugly this week as well. Full disclosure, I don't have too much room to talk. It wasn't as ugly as mine, though. (laughs) Nothing is as ugly as that. No. Uh, we've got some solid good and bad matchups this time around and lots of news to get to. But as always, we'll start with how our teams performed this previous week. Kyla, tell us about <laughs> the win of the century in week 10. <laughs> well, um, I I had a, I was pretty lucky this week. I mean, I was unlucky because I was without a lot of my people, but I was pretty lucky in that I actually still won. <laughs> um, I had to have had the lowest scoring team like to win a game ever in fantasy history i think our teams were the battle of the b teams basically i was without kenny galladay clyde edwards elaire todd Gurley, miles gaskin and then bethany who was my opponent this week was without christian mccaffrey travis kelsey julio jones raheem moster and amari cooper so i got lucky in that because there's no way i played her in week one and she wiped the floor with me in week one with all those guys. Um, but I only scored 78.58. Oh. <laughs> that was so bad. And I beat her by less than a point. And um, just brutal. Yeah. Just I mean, brutal and I think all the way around. It's not the first game that she's lost by less than a point this year either, which is makes it even worse. Um, but I got off to a terrible start on Thursday night which is super disappointing. AJ Brown played. He only got 3.1 points, which is his worst game of the season by far. Definitely not what I expected was going to happen. Um, he is the Thursday night game in, in general was not what people expected to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He definitely was one of the top candidates I had for loser of the week, but I decided that I could just talk about him now. So I didn't need to pick him for loser of the week. Yeah. Um, he caught only one pass for 21 yards and it was the very first play of the game. And the whole game, I kept watching that game and I was like, just please just catch anything else. Yeah. Anything. The entire game. (laughs) I didn't catch anything. Um, but then we get to Sunday on Sunday. I was led by Justin Herbert, all reliable here with 20.48 points. He finished his game, which was another loss for him, which is disappointing for him because he's been great in fantasy. Um, he had 197 total yards and three total touchdowns, two which were rushing, which was even better for me because those are six points and the passing touchdowns are four. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, my next highest score was my kicker. So, oh. you know, <laughs> things are bad when your <laughs> kicker is your second highest score. Daniel Carlson finished with 15 points. Next was Chase Edmonds. I had I decided to go with um, Edmonds over Kenyon Drake because I was terrified of having uh, David Johnson 2019 happen with Kenyon Drake. Luckily, they both got, I think, what did I put here? Edmonds got 10.7 points and Drake got 11.9. So, I mean, yeah. it would have been nice to have the extra one point, but... You know, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> well, at least he didn't lose by by one point or you know, point seven points. And you and you think to yourself, if I had only played Drake instead yeah. of Edmonds, at least it just worked out, and you can just yeah. forget about it. Yeah, yeah, that was, was very lucky. 
Um, Kenyon Drake did continue to out-touch Chase Edmonds, so this backfield is still confusing and as difficult as ever to predict. No one else on Sunday scored more than 10 points for me. Dallas Goddard finished with four catches for 33 yards, 7.3 points in our league. Christian Kirk only had four catches for 27 yards, 6.7 points, and Leonard Fournette was very disappointing considering he was facing a really shitty run defense uh, for Carolina. But the Bucks dominated that game, so it is clear that Jones will be used more in non-competitive game scripts. And Leonard Fournette only had five points, I think, which sucked. <laughs> yeah. So good luck to all of us out there on trying to predict the game script of these games and which running back is going to be the better play, because that sucks. I went into Monday night, and I was down by nine points, so I had like 60-some points going into Monday night. <laughs> I still had hope, though, which is crazy. I had Allen Robinson left, and she had Jimmy Graham. Allen Robinson was questionable. He was a game-time decision. I added Daryl Mooney just in case because I did not want to. Uh, I wanted to play Allen Robinson if he played, so... I didn't want to play somebody else in that spot and then him end up playing and getting like 30 points, which is possible. Again, it was a very dramatic finish down to the wire. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robinson somehow finished with 10.3 points in a game where Chicago could not do anything. And Jimmy Graham had two targets but did not catch a single pass. So that put me oh. over the top. Jimmy Graham had zero points. I won 78.58 to 77.86. And I, I have not talked to Bethany about this, but I'm sure she was very upset. <laughs> Man, from from her perspective, though, like, just give me one catch. <laughs> no, that's all. Like, we're, in a, we're in a PPR league. Just one catch from Jimmy Graham. That's all. It's all she needed. Yeah. One that catch for zero yards and she would have won. And that's it. Oh, um, but now I'm five and five. I'm at 500 for the first time this season. Five other people in our league are at five and five, but I am in eighth place at the bottom of them because I'm 150 points back from the next person ahead of me. But, so, but you're tied for fourth. I no, it's third. It's actually third. I'm tied for third. Well, technically, there are three teams that are above five and five. You'd still be tied for fourth. Oh, that's true. But the the second and third team are both six and four, right? So they're yeah. technically tied for second. I guess I would be tied for fourth. Yeah, but. you'd still be tied for fourth. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you're in you're in the in the mix. Like there's there's plenty to go. Yeah. Uh, a couple of notes about that. You're talking about Fournette. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, it would seem that he is now taking a back seat uh, to Ronald Jones. But as you said, it's impossible to tell week yeah. to week. When they signed Fournette and when he finally started to play, Jones was, I want to say, fifth in the NFL in in rushing yards. Mm -hmm. And then he just loses his job. That doesn't <laughs> make a ton of sense. So right. the fact that they're giving him more carries over Fournette is not surprising at all considering the success he was having before Fournette showed up yeah Justin Herbert it's nice to see him still be able to have a good fantasy game even in a game where the Chargers didn't do very well yeah and barring a fumble 
by the Dolphins that kind of set the Chargers up to get on the board, that was going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. It's just a complete blowout. The Dolphins are pretty damn good right now. Yeah, the, it looked really bad early on for uh, the Chargers and for Justin Herbert. But he he came through like he always does. Yeah, they, at, they got the in the end zone. <laughs> Yeah, they, they got in the end zone to make it 14-7, and that kind of kept the game close for a while, but really wasn't a very good game at yeah. all. So, recapping my week, uh, <laughs> it wasn't pretty for the mean machine, but we got it done. <laughs> My final score was 113.76 to 67.02. Wow. My opponent's team completely imploded. He also started Melvin Gordon and Jarek McKinnon over DeAndre Swift and Ronald Jones, who earned 26.8 and 25.9 points, respectively. Mm -hmm. Gordon and McKinnon were not as successful, to say the least. Clearly, he did not. Sorry, clearly he did not listen to the podcast last week because I said do not start Jared McKinnon. <laughs> well, clearly not. Clearly Tom <laughs> Tom is not a partaker in the podcast. <laughs> Nick Chubb also got almost a third of his points. So in the end, his bad luck covered up for my questionable flex play decision this week, which I'll get to in a second. <laughs> I can't with, wait. With uh, Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel, Chris Carson, and Justin Jackson all out. I had to get a little creative at RB. I played Antonio Gibson, who we highlighted as a good matchup on the show last week. He finished with 22.5 points, only rushed for 45 yards, and only had four receptions for 20 yards, but he found the end zone twice. Nice. So, yeah, that that saved his week. My other RB, of course, was Derrick Henry, who had 13.9 points. But I feel like there's a lot that goes into this 13.9 points. It could have been a lot more. He got a sizable gain late in the fourth quarter called back with a holding call, which then that kind of stunted the drive and they were down by 10. So they kicked a field goal, which was missed. So then the Colts wound up scoring and then the game script went completely against Derrick Henry, just like that. Yeah. Whereas if that holding penalty had not occurred, he could have potentially scored on that drive. And then things, then the game is so close, then they keep using Derrick Henry. Yeah. But that's not what happened. Uh, Also down by the goal line earlier in the game, they handed off to Johnny Smith, who scored a a touchdown when it was, you know, the ball's on like the two yard line. That's Derrick Henry time. Right. It is. He and got they stuffed had... once, but then then they handed it off to Johnny Smith on this uh, basically tight end uh, reverse type play, which yeah. made me very angry. But they and threw I... it to AJ Brown too, just before that at the goal line too, and he didn't catch yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, you know, since that was the Thursday night game, I was worried because my opponent also started Johnny Smith and they hand off to Johnny <laughs> Smith. And I was just thinking, what the fuck? What of is, course, what yeah. is that? <laughs> but um, anyway, the fact that Derrick Henry didn't have 20 points or potentially even 25 points, he only had 13.9 is kind of fascinating as that game yeah. went on. Anywho, at receiver, I started Chris Godwin who got 15.2 points and Tyler Boyd who got 10.1 In my flex, I had the choice of either Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, or Brandon Ayuk. (laughs) I chose poorly. 
<laughs> you chose the plugged, only one who didn't do anything. <laughs> yep, I I plugged in Judy. Deontay Johnson, um, he got 25.6 points, and Ayuk got 19.7. Judy got just 10.8, and we will talk about... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't get zero or anything. He still got into double digits, but the other two guys went off. And we'll talk more about the Broncos here in a second. <laughs> so I benched Mark Andrews for Eric Ebron. That also did not work out. Ebron had just two catches while Andrews got 13.1 points, seven catches for 61 yards because, of course, he did. <laughs> he had his, be- his best week since week five explicitly because I benched him yep. and I had him as a bad matchup on the show last week. So, of course, everything turns around. Yeah. To round things out, Lamar Jackson earned 21.46 points. Kicker Brandon McManus got eight, and the Miami defense got six. Also, Drew Brees got hurt, so I'm in the market for a new backup quarterback. I picked up Tua just to fill out a bench spot with a backup quarterback. I didn't uh, realize you did that. I don't even have a second quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to play Lamar, but if he gets hurt, I need somebody there just as just in case. I yeah. I would would probably just stream a quarterback at that point if that were to happen. But anywho, a win is a win. I am six and four, tied for second, but actually in third. <laughs> and uh, so not really tied for second, <laughs> right? So it was an ugly win, but uh, I just need to get healthy, man. You know, Chris yeah. Carson hopefully will return this week. Hopefully I, I can get uh, Calvin Ridley back. Just got to get these guys back in the lineup. I feel like yeah. when I'm at, when I'm at uh, you know, full capacity that my team's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. And then, then again, I still could have got you know 125 points around there if I had just stuck with Deontay Johnson. But I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely afraid to play Deontay Johnson because he always gets hurt. But Are he you hasn't still gotten afraid? Recently. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I'm going to have to play him this week. I, I am. I don't think I have another choice. So if you're listening out there, do not play Deontay Johnson because Elias has to play him, which means he's going to get hurt. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. So this week, I think Antonio Gibson has a pretty good matchup against the Bengals. And yeah. if Chris Carson is back, I'd like to play him in my other RB slot. So that would come down to my flex being in between Antonio Gibson and Deontay Johnson. But I also have Chris Godwin boyd and ridley potentially i my lineup is i really don't know who to play <laughs> well to, we'll see who's healthy because then that'll help a lot because if, if ridley's if, out and carson's out that changes a lot right but if they're Even healthy if, then they're in your lineup so which makes it more complicated yeah because then i'm either <laughs> gonna have to sit two out of three of these guys are probably gonna sit tyler boyd deontay johnson and chris godwin yeah, it's hard to sit any of those guys, really. Well, yeah. <laughs> Boyd, you know, he had an off week because they were playing Pittsburgh, but he only has two weeks all season without double-digit points, and the games prior to the Pittsburgh game, 12.9, 29.7, So, yeah, I mean, he's ranked 39th overall in our our fantasy league. He's a hard guy to sit. Yeah. But... If I play him, then I'm sitting Godwin, most likely. Yeah. Which, I mean, with the, the addition. Yeah, and with Antonio Brown there, I mean, you know, that might be your best option to sit, honestly. Which is crazy to think. 
Well, and then if Debo Samuel does not come back next week, then I have Ayuk, who without Samuel is averaging about 18, 19 points a game. Yeah. So at receiver right now, I'm I'm deep, which is good, but yeah. uh, I really don't know who I'm going to start. Yeah. All right, moving on to our winners and losers of the week. My winner of the week, or winners, I should say, I have two mm-hmm. listed here. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. This choice is less about their entire game performance, which was good. (laughs) They both had good games. Murray finished with 245 yards and a touchdown through the air, 61 yards and two more touchdowns on the ground. While DeAndre Hopkins finished with seven catches for 127 yards and a touchdown. The reason they are winners of the week for me it's because of the Hail Mary touchdown catch at the end of that game, last second. That was amazing. DeAndre Hopkins caught that in the middle of three defenders. Kyler Murray running around, chase out of the pocket, throws it down there. And then after the game, Kyler Murray tweeted, shit, hop down there somewhere. And just to think <laughs> that, you know, he was thinking that, you know, I'm just going to throw it. He's down there somewhere. And then he came up with it. That was amazing. It, it was amazing. It's so far the play of the year, the Hail Murray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hail Murray. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the play of the year so far. And it's in the running, I think, probably number one for the game of the year for our end of the year pod. Oh, yeah. Um. For sure. Yeah, and right before that, Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. Yeah, you you thought the Bills were going to pull it out. Thought the Bills were going to you know go to eight and two. It was really a fantastic game. Yeah, but yeah, play of the year I, so far. I personally was happy to see the Cardinals win that game because we know I'm not huge on the Bills. <laughs> of course you are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no surprise there. <laughs> but I in, I in my pick them, I picked the Cardinals, so I was ha- I was happy as well. That's great. I like Kyler Murray. I want to see him win. I, I like to watch him play. He's fun. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, for my w- winner of the week, I have Nick Chubb, the running back for the Cleveland Browns. He played for the first time since week four. He delivered 126 yards rushing on 19 carries and a TD, finished with 20.6 points. Could have had a lot more, but stepped out of bounds instead of scoring a touchdown in order to run out the clock at like the two-yard line, which fantasy owners everywhere were shaking their heads. But still my winner of the week because he returned from injury and had an awesome game, and I feel good for him. Yeah, he did, and that you're right. That was If I had him on my fantasy team and I watched that him do that, I probably would have cried. Like That is painful (laughs) to watch. I mean, it was a smart choice for his team. Obviously, they won that game. But I wonder, and they I'm sure they some of them do think about this kind of stuff, but I'm wondering if he was running down. He was like a 40 or 50-yard run, and he was like, I'm going to step out when I get to the one-yard line, and all my fantasy owners are just going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it made me think of, uh, so last season, obviously, I had a lot more fantasy success than this season. I won two out of my three leagues and I lost in the championship game in the other league. But in the game that I lost, I want to say it was Miles Sanders. I It was either him or Boston Scott. I don't remember if Sanders was hurt or not, but oh, it was Miles week 16, Sanders. week 16 against the Cowboys. I wound up losing by like five points and Miles Sanders had a breakaway touchdown at the end of the game and he fell down. Yeah. I remember I was that just now. like, no, uh, no, no, <laughs> jump. 
jump, <laughs> dive, get, get more. Like have a lineman pick him up and throw him 30 yards into the end zone. You know, uh, something. I, I think I was actually watching that game at work and I stood up and was just like, no, yeah. no, don't do that. Uh, it, it was, was it the Sunday? I think it was maybe the Sunday night game. Yeah, I don't or, remember when it was, but I, don't I remember, remember that. exactly. Maybe it was even week fifteen, a little sooner. I I don't remember, but uh, I I had flashbacks of that, and I'm feeling for all the Nick Chubb people out there. <laughs> I forgot about that. I remember talking about that on the the podcast last year, though. That yeah. sucked. Um, my loser of the week is not somebody I ever would have thought that I would pick for loser of the week. It is no. Michael Thomas. And what a shitty season it has been for such a great <laughs> wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and for the people who drafted him, you took him in the first round. If you've got Michael Thomas, you drafted him in the first round and you have not gotten anything from him all year. Nope. It was not any better on week 10 where uh, Michael Thomas only caught two of his seven targets for 27 scoreless yards. He's played in only three games this season. He has no touchdowns and has not topped more than 51 yards in any game. Really disappointing, to say the least. But if there's a chance to turn it around, it'll be this week against Atlanta. So stay hopeful out there because I think he, he should turn it around this week. I don't know. He does have Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston likes to throw the ball. So we'll see. Jameis threw for 5,000 yards. Yeah. Last season. I mean, True. Yeah, yeah, he had his 30 picks and he was terrible, but he still put he also himself had 30 in touchdowns. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he, he put himself in the position where he had to throw a ton. Yeah. And if you look at last season, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in Tampa were both incredible yeah. with Jameis yeah. Winston. I think if he's going to turn it around, it will be this week. In my ESPN league, I have Michael Thomas and Austin Eckler. Those are my first two draft picks, which is oh why I'm four and six. But I am going to be playing Thomas this week. I'm four and six. It's my last chance. I have to win the next three games in order to make the playoffs, essentially. Yeah. So, Michael Thomas, come on down. <laughs> we need you. We Help all need out. you. <laughs> so, my loser of the week is very depressing for me to talk about. <laughs> It is the Broncos offense, not just Drew Locke, all of them. Yeah. Coming into the game, Las Vegas had allowed the sixth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, fourth most to RBs, and the 16th most to receivers. They have also allowed 30 points in five different games. So I thought that Denver would be a pretty good matchup this week which makes the Broncos' performance all the more vexing. Five turnovers. Deshaun Hamilton led the offense in fantasy points with 11.3. Who? Yeah, his <laughs> name is Deshaun Hamilton. I believe he <laughs> would have been the number three or number four receiver even going into the week. Philip Lindsay was essentially not used. He only had two yards rushing. Jerry Judy, as we talked about, after consecutive weeks of 10-plus targets, only had eight and only had 10 points, but that's why I played him 10 plus yeah. targets in each of the last two weeks before Sunday's game. It was just an absolutely abysmal, devastatingly bad performance all around. They, they can't run the ball. They can't pass block. It was just awful. And yeah. they actually had a chance to, with all of this, lead going into halftime. Drew Locke ran for a touchdown, which put them ahead, but a holding penalty called it back. 
And then Drew Block threw a pick in the end zone. Oh, and that's no. how they ended the first half. And then the second half was just brutal. So uh, anyway, now <laughs> they now they get Miami. Oh. So it's not going to get any better. Andrew Locke is most likely going to be playing hurt. So yeah. uh, speaking you know, of, before yeah. we move on to the injury updates, I want to say I made fun of you a little bit to Steven the other day when you I was looking through on Sunday the injury list and you added Drew Locke on there and it said <laughs> he doesn't have an injury designation, but he certainly looked injured. <laughs> <laughs> I told Steven, I said, Elias is so hopeful that Drew Locke is injured because he sucked so bad. <laughs> well, they were talking about his ribs on the broadcast and that, and he was uh, you know, basically he'd throw and then hold his ribs a little bit walking around, but he yeah. just got pummeled into the ground multiple times and, the team's a mess. If you're going to wave yeah. the white flag, now's the time. Yeah. It, they might as well just go 3-13 and 13 and get a top draft pick because, frankly, they need it. <laughs> they do. All right. We can move on to the injuries now. We got another long list of injuries. I think it's shorter than last week, though. But just to start off, a few running backs that were added to um, IR last week after we recorded the podcast, but prior to Sunday's games, David Johnson, Justin Jackson, and Devontae Freeman all placed on IR. I was surprised that David Johnson with a concussion was added to uh, injured reserve. It must have been a pretty significant concussion unless he has some other injury that I didn't see. Yeah, it's either clearly very significant or he also hurt his neck a little bit somehow or yeah. something like that. But they they did just say concussion. And maybe he's just like, you know, I have a long life to live and just put me on IR because I'm not playing. Yeah. Which yeah. probably is not what he said. But It's, it's probably not, should, but I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> it's what he should say. Yeah. Um, Drew Brees, quarterback for New Orleans, uh, has multiple cracked ribs, a collapsed lung, and a shoulder injury, apparently. He has been ruled out for at least two to three weeks, but it could be longer. Apparently, he was dealing with the rib injuries before this last week. Yeah, and the the shoulder injury, too. I guess he had a cracked rib maybe on one side, but then against the 49ers, now he has cracked ribs on both sides. So on our waiver wire list this week, we put Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. If you're playing in an ESPN league, Taysom Hill can be added as a tight end. Yeah, so which is amazing. If he, if he has a larger role, which you think he w- will, because Sean Payton seems obsessed with getting him into the game, even though most mm-hmm. of the time it doesn't work, he could put up solid points, especially if you are struggling at the tight end position, which, let's be honest, unless you have Travis Kelsey, you're struggling at the tight yeah. end position. Yeah, yeah, for So sure. something to consider yeah. if he's still out there and nobody picked him up on the wire. Yeah, Taysom Hill really can't do it all, though. So if we, if we could use him as a tight end in our league, I probably would have tried to pick him up. Well, you know, I hate Mark Andrews now, so <laughs> I probably would have tried to pick him up too. <laughs> More injuries. Christian McCaffrey is out once again with a shoulder injury. It's his AC joint. He will not play week 11, likely is looking at a week 12 return. Teddy Bridgewater has an MCL sprain. It's been described as mild. I was watching that game. It was very awkward. He got tackled from behind and his knee buckled a little bit. It's not the same knee that got hurt a few years ago, though. It's a, it's a different good. knee. We do not have an update on him yet. It's a different knee. One of the many knees that he has. 
<laughs> it's his right knee, not his left knee. How about how about that? Uh, he's still questionable for this week. Austin Eckler is still on IR with a hamstring strain, but there are reports that he will return in week 12. So if you've been looking for him to return, keep an eye on that. A lot of uh, Lions news as well. Matthew Stafford has a partial tear in, in his throwing hand, in his thumb. Um, still expected to play in week 11. Kenny Galladay practiced on Wednesday. Still Ooh. questionable, but his receiver teammates, Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola, both did not practice on Wednesday. So keep an eye, I guess, on the whole receiver group. would seem like Marvin Jones just got the day off because yeah. he doesn't have an injury designation. And then uh, Sam Darnold for the Jets. You're not going to play him anyway, but he's not playing in, in week 11 with an AC joint injury. So uh, that means you need to go pick up Joe Flacco and insert him in your lineup immediately. Just kidding. <laughs> no, don't do that. Joe Flacco, the goat. It's a goat. <laughs> and then uh, some Seahawks news. Tyler Lockett has a knee sprain. He did not practice on Tuesday. Doesn't sound serious, but he could be a game time decision for tomorrow night's Thursday night football game. And then the running back situation for the Seahawks, Chris Carson is expected to return, but he was limited in practice on Tuesday. Carlos Hyde, he has a hamstring injury. It looks like he is going to play. And then Travis Homer was limited on Tuesday, but if Hyde or Carson or both of them come back, Homer's injuries yeah. kind of irrelevant for fantasy purposes. Yeah, going back to uh, Joe Flacco real quick. I It is so... <laughs> painful to me that joe flacco has won a super bowl like it i just it i hate it that he's won a super bowl well he uh you know was signed by the broncos last year which <laughs> was deeply disappointing for me because i never understood it <laughs> at all because he's just simply not any good anymore he stands there like a statue but yeah. the year that he won the super bowl they beat the broncos in the second round of the playoffs on the mile high miracle deep pass to Jacoby Jones, which is still my least favorite football game ever. <laughs> I know that the Broncos wound up winning the Super Bowl in the fourth year that Manning was there, but that first year, yeah, that first year, that might have been their best team, Yeah, frankly, with, with Manning. Mm -hmm. I know that the defense that they won with has this sort of legendary status where we live out here in the Denver area. But uh, just that first year, they were amazing. Yeah. And the Ravens had no business winning that game. <laughs> no. And then they going got... on to win the Super Bowl. Oh, and then Ray Lewis doing his bullshit after the game, like getting down <laughs> on his knees and everything. It's just like, oh, my God, it's just the worst run. <laughs> the worst playoff run that I can think of. It's like my least favorite. I was rooting for the 49ers in the Super Bowl even because I, I liked Kaepernick. Yeah. And I don't I liked. I like Jim Harbaugh, frankly, even though he just seems to not be someone to really root for, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that nice of a guy, but I think I like that he's just insanely competitive and that other people don't like him. Yeah. I think yeah. if I was that good at stuff, that's probably how I would be. <laughs> yeah. And people would just be like, man, you know, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. Just. Anyway, speaking of the of the Broncos, <laughs> one of the Broncos on the injury report, Drew Locke, has a muscle strain and bruising near his ribs, but reports are saying he's going to try and play. 
He actually like, has an injury. It's not just wishful thinking from Elias. <laughs> it seemed like he had an injury and they were talking about it on the broadcast. All right. And I was, I, wasn't to, I was trying to update the injury report as I best as I could. I wasn't watching the game, so I didn't realize that he actually possibly could have an injury. I thought you were just hoping that he did since it was so bad. <laughs> And that that was about as depressing as it gets. That no, entire performance. Woof. All right. Yeah. Back to the injuries here. Joe Mixon running back for the Cincinnati Bengals has a foot injury. There has not been an update for him. He has not played since week six. Alan Lazard has been out with core muscle surgery. He was activated from IR on Tuesday. Reports say he'll be eased back into the lineup. So there is no way to know if he'll be usable in fantasy or not just yet. So just keep an eye on him. Gardner Minshew, the quarterback for the Jaguars. It has multiple fractures and strained ligament in his right thumb. He is out again this week. Coach Marone says he may start throwing, though. More for the Jaguars. LaVisca Chenault Jr., the wide receiver. What are you laughing at? <laughs> you were just staring at, at the Minshew thing, kind of like, does it matter? Does it really matter? We all love well, Jake Luton anyway, so you know, Minshew can just be out for a while. I don't know if uh, Luton's going to start this week, is he? I don't know. He was pretty bad against Green Bay. I, yeah, I, I, didn't... I haven't been keeping up on my Jags. Are they, they going to start somebody else? I don't know. I haven't kept up with them. I saw something apparently that made me think maybe they weren't going to start him, but I... Oh. Do not know about that. It does not matter. You're not starting whoever is starting. Well, if you're a Jaguars out fan out there, give us a Duval. <laughs> but uh, no, one and eight, one and eight, and they're playing the Steelers. Not yeah. going to be a good week for the Jags. No, no. Um, anyway, LaVisca Chenault Jr., the wide receiver for the Jags, has a hamstring injury. There is no update, but he is projected to play. Sonny Michelle, the running back for the Patriots is still on IR designated to return. So no word on whether he's going to play this week or not. And then Andy Dalton, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he has been activated from the COVID-19 list and is expected to start on Sunday. So, so you changed this back on, on ESPN. It said that he's actually hasn't. And that was updated today. Even though they said that he had, he hasn't yet, but he's well, still expected to play. On Yahoo, it says that he has been activated. <laughs> so <laughs> was that updated today? Uh, it was either updated today or yesterday. Okay, because they said that he had, and then it was like, you know, um, it, any like depending on what the last report said, that may be false. Now they're saying that he hadn't, but no matter what, he's still projected to play. Yeah, he is, but he has been activated. <laughs> So says the Cowboys fan. You know, you're just praying that <laughs> no, Gary Gilbert doesn't have an injury so Andy Dalton can play or something. <laughs> no. uh, okay, where were we? Sammy Watkins, the wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, has a hamstring injury. He is projected to return this week, but still listed as questionable. And then Calvin Ridley for the Mean Machine, the wide receiver for Atlanta, has a midfoot sprain. He practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday, but is still a true question mark. And Zach Ertz has been out and on IR since week seven with a high ankle sprain. He has been designated to return, but it's still uncertain when he'll return to practice. And then we have some bye week injuries if you want to run through sure. those real quick. Uh, to put a bow on Dalton, they activated him from the <laughs> list three hours ago. 
<laughs> so from when I updated it this morning, it was saying, you know, in the contrary to previous reports, but they just did it three hours ago. Wow. Moving on to the bye weeks. Four forty niners. Well, <laughs> you were indeed. Four forty niners on there. Uh Jamichael Hasty is now on IR with a broken collarbone. Raheem Mostert still on IR. Debo Samuel and Tevin Coleman both still hurt. Uh, they will likely be questionable to begin this next week. For the Bears, Nick Foles, he injured his hip on Monday Night Football. The injury is not as serious as previously thought. He does not have a hip fracture. The quarterback situation for the Bears after their bye is up in the air. Foles and Trubisky could potentially both be hurt. Yeah. Which uh, Tyler Bray, is that the guy who's the I think that was the name of that person. (laughs) So anyway, the Bears offense for the most part, unless it's Allen Robinson, is something to stay away from. David Montgomery is still out with a concussion. And for the Bills, John Brown tweaked his ankle in week 10. Coach McDermott said that they would know more in the coming days and weeks, which, you know, means nothing. It gives you no clarity at all. No, no clarity whatsoever. So John Brown for week 12, potentially, uh, you know, keep an eye on him. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about an app that we found. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. For NFL games, choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Now, the great news is we have a promo code to share with our listeners. You can use promo code BTBW50 when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Again, use promo code BTBW50. All right. Now it's time for the good stuff, our good and bad matchups for week 11. Do you want to start or you want me to? Uh, I mean, you've got a cowboy sitting right there, so how about you go ahead and <laughs> just just okay. be happy and talk about him. My first good matchup, the guy I think you can start with confidence this week, is Amari Cooper at Minnesota. It is sad that to me that Amari Cooper can even make this list because early on in the season with Dak Prescott healthy, I would have said he's an every week start. Yeah, I mean, he might have some down weeks, but for the most part, you have to start Amari Cooper. That is not the case anymore with the quarterback situation what it is in Dallas at this point. Um, Even still, the only two games that Amari Cooper has not reached double-digit points this season was the game that Dak got injured in and the one where Ben DiNucci started, which will not happen in Week 11. It is not going to be Ben DiNucci. Your favorite, Ben DiNucci. But I think it's going to be Andy Dalton, as we said. I don't think... Have they have they technically said that he's going to be starting? He's expected to start, right? He is expected to start, yes. Um, and he has been activated from the COVID list, in, in case you missed that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, in just the in game, case you didn't know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Okay. I got it. I was. I just, well, I it's not that. Sure. I was right. <laughs> I just. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. 
All right, getting back on track here. In the game that Andy Dalton made it all the way through, Amari Cooper had 10 targets and ended with 20 PPR points. This week, Dallas is facing Minnesota, who gives up the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. The Vikings are allowing, on average, 43.2 PPR points per game to wide receivers, allowing 16 touchdowns this season and four 100-plus yard games. So plenty of points up for grabs there this week for the wide receivers in Dallas. I think Amari Cooper's a great start. Uh, I do as well, as long as the red rifle is is back in the lineup. I think <laughs> that uh, it's going to be good for all the receivers for the Cowboys. Uh, maybe not Michael Gallup. We all know. We haven't actually got to talk about Michael Gallup in a few weeks, which is good. Yeah, but... <laughs> uh, you know, my my blood pressure is lower because we haven't <laughs> been talking about Michael Gallup. <laughs> so for my first good matchup, I have Kalen Balaj. I believe it is Balaj. I don't know if you've heard his name pronounced yet. I, I was have saying not. Balaj, and then that's what on... I say in my head when I read it. Yeah, I I believe it is actually Balaj, though the running back for the Chargers. They're playing the Jets. Uh, reports are out there saying that Eckler could return in Week Twelve, but this could but so this could potentially be the last week that Balaj is fantasy relevant. But we'll see. But what a week it could be. The Jets are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to running backs this season. And Balaj has gotten 17 touches and 22 touches, respectively, over the last two games. He has cleared 15 fantasy points in both of those games. And last week, he ran 22 pass routes against the Dolphins, which was the seventh most uh, for all RBs last week. Uh, long story short, he's just getting a ton of usage. And I think he's a plug-and-play flex guy this week against, I mean, it is the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. So maybe low hanging fruit, but he is taking over the majority of the carries. Joshua Kelly and the other guys there really aren't a factor. So I think Balage is a must play. Yeah, I think this is a good a good pick by you. He's getting plenty of usage, like you said, plenty of targets, and the Jets suck. So and the, and the Jets are 0 9. <laughs> so what more can you ask for in a matchup? I mean you got Chargers it right have there. been finding a way to lose all year, so naturally this is going to be, you know, Balazs will get like 10 yards rushing and the Jets will win by 20. That's... You know, Flacco, Flacco is playing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think Flacco has played in several games this year, all of which they have lost as well. So. Truth. <laughs> all right, my next good matchup. I'm going back to the well here on this one. Christian Kirk at Seattle. So last week, we liked Christian Kirk. Didn't work for me. Hopefully, it works for you. It did not work out. Um, he did not lay an egg by any means last week, but he did only catch four passes for 27 yards, like I said earlier. This week, he should fare much better against Seattle, who we talk about every week in this segment, it seems like. They're giving up the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers, an average of 57 PPR points per game to the position. They have allowed 13 touchdowns and nine 100-plus yard games on the season so far. Last time Arizona and Seattle played in Week 7, Christian Kirk finished with five catches for 37 yards and two touchdowns, and I don't think it's crazy to predict that he could have similar or better numbers this week. 
Yeah, I think it's a great pick. I thought I made a great pick last week, and I I think you're making a great pick this week. Uh, it's really just the only week that he had or that he's had a poor game in a while now. Yeah, of course uh, it think, did because you picked him. Right, right. I <laughs> think I, I think Kirk is going to have a great week. Uh, I think these so guys for, listen to our podcast and they're like, oh, they think I'm going to have a good game, so I'm not. <laughs> Time to throw to Larry Fitzgerald this week. <laughs> so for the last good matchup that we have, I picked... Uh, the RB for the Lions, DeAndre Swift. They are playing the Panthers. Swift has had an up-and-down season, but he's now getting more carries and usage than ever before. He played 73% of the offensive snaps last week, which was a season high. He's a factor in the receiving game. He got 60 yards receiving and a touchdown last week. And now he's facing Carolina, which has allowed the fourth most fantasy points to RBs this season. They've allowed 4.8 yards per carry, 14 touchdowns on the ground and we're just dominated by Ronald Jones who had a 98 yard touchdown as a part wow. of his huge day. Mm-hmm. Swift is definitely a starter this week, especially with some uh, lingering injury concerns for Stafford and Galladay. As we talked about, I think the lions will rely on the run. And even if they fall behind Swift is a factor in the r- receiving game. So I think he's going to have a huge matchup. Yeah, I think this is a good call by you. Um, Really, pretty much since the bye week, they've been using him more, and he's performing well. I think he averaged like five yards per carry last week, which is great. Um, And Carolina, is they don't have the best run defense, so I think this is a great call. He should have a really good game. Um, Moving on to the bad matchups, my first bad matchup is Daryl Henderson at Tampa Bay. So we can add the Rams to the list of teams with backfields that are getting harder to predict as the season goes on rather than easier, um, which is not how it's supposed to go. Last week, coming out of the bye, Cam Akers led the touch count with 10 um, compared to 8 for both Henderson and Malcolm Brown. That could very well change this week, but who really knows? And that coupled with the fact that Los Angeles plays Tampa Bay, whose run defense ranks in the top 10, as far as fantasy points allowed per game goes, they're giving up 21 points on average per game to the position and haven't allowed a single 100-yard rusher this season. So 21 points per game split between maybe three running backs does not equal very many points per running back if we do the math. I don't know exactly what that is. <laughs> Seven points each or something like that, right. which would really suck. Um, so I'd stay away from him. I'd stay away from the whole backfield this week if you can. Well, and last week you said the Cam Akers had uh, 10 carries and that was the most, but didn't Malcolm Brown have two touchdowns and Henderson had one? Yeah. So even though Akers had the most carries, the other guys were getting the touchdowns. So it's completely, completely up in the air who's going to score. And it does seem like Henderson and Brown are the guys they use more at the goal line. And this Mm -hmm. has been more consistent all year. But still, you can't count on them getting down to the goal line multiple times a game. And even if they do that, you don't know which RV it's going to be that actually gets the touch. So it's super confusing. Just like the Colts right now, they're super confusing. I mean, if you are in dire straits, you can play him. But in a better situation, you just can't trust him. Yeah. So my first bad matchup is something that you are not going to enjoy. It's nope. Todd Gurley. <laughs> he is on Finkel Zeinhorn, Kyla's team. 
the Falcons are at the Saints. Gurley's had a great season. He's reached double-digit fantasy points in seven of his nine games, but the Saints are probably the toughest test he'll face all season. New Orleans has allowed just five total touchdowns to RBs and has given up the second-fewest amount of fantasy points to the position. So this is definitely more about the Saints' defense than it is about Gurley. But here's a list of how the Saints have done over their last four games. So week seven, Mike Davis had seven carries for 12 yards. He wound up with 8.6 points. Week eight was David Montgomery, which strangely enough, with all the shit that Montgomery gets, this is actually the most points out of all of this list. 21 carries for 89 yards for 12.5 points. Then in week nine, they played Tampa Bay. Fournette and Jones combined got four carries for nine yards and 14.9 points combined. And Well, then, that was a surprising game where Tampa Bay only scored three points. So. Well, it, a super outlier, sure. Uh, <laughs> then last week, Jarek McKinnon, 18 carries for 33 yards. Essentially could do nothing on the ground for 5.6 points. So... Even Mike Davis, who's been having a great year, couldn't do much. The Bears had to rely on Montgomery because they can't throw the ball because Nick Foles is terrible. So, you know, with Gurley, he might find the end zone. It seems like most weeks he does, but I think his ceiling here is around 15. I don't think he's going to come close to it personally, but if he does find the end zone, I think 15 is about the most that you can get out of him this week. I think that's fair to say. I think you're right about the matchup. It is hard. His ceiling might be 15 points, which I would be thrilled to get 15 points from Todd Gurley (laughs) with the way my team is performing. True, Um, but there's no... With the Saints, I just don't think there's any breakout potential for him. He's not going to have a huge week. I'd count more toward 9 or 10. Yeah. You know, I I think you're right about the matchup. It is hard. I'm probably still going to have to start him. Um, and, and, and most teams are he's the RB 11 I think over the season so I feel like a lot of people are down on Gurley but he's the RB 11 on the year I mean it's because he gets all the touchdowns but and if there's anybody you can count on to get a touchdown for you it is Todd Gurley he is the best touchdown scoring running back in the league so while you are right about the matchup I am probably still going to have to start him I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are probably still going to have to start him, and you don't feel bad about it. You do what you got to do, but it is a tough matchup, and tether your expectations. Yeah, it, it could be a tough week for him, but just like your team, most people that have Todd Gurley, they are going to be playing him no matter what. Yeah. My next bad matchup is not somebody on your fantasy team, but on your actual team. It is Melvin Gordon versus yeah. Miami. <laughs> Uh, The Broncos offense is struggling, as we've said. In the four games that Gordon has played in since the bye week, he's only one score and hasn't topped more than 68 yards in any game. This week, Denver faces Miami, whose run defense isn't the scariest out there, but they're giving up only 22 fantasy points per game to the position. They've allowed just six touchdowns and haven't allowed a single running back to rush for 100 yards this season, so... With the incompetence of the Denver offense, especially with the possibility that Luck might not even play or he might be playing hurt, um, and the fact that Miami's defense continues to perform better than expected, I would say, well, away from Melvin Gordon this week, even Philip Lindsay, I wouldn't play him either. I mean, Gordon seems to be higher than him on the depth chart, so 
I don't know. They're not using Philip Lindsay, which is baffling to me. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that Philip Lindsay is better. And yeah, they've been playing Gordon a lot more. And as for the Broncos, depending on your lineup situation, I don't think anyone is usable on their offense except for Fant and Judy. And that's really yeah. just if you really need them. The, you know, and the, the tight end position is so um, slim at the moment. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's a good pick by you. Melvin Gordon really is not doing anything. So avoid the Broncos, unfortunately. <laughs> Avoid them at all costs. And to wrap up a little bit, our starts for this week, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, and uh, Kalen Balage and DeAndre Swift. And then our sits are Daryl Henderson, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. And then for the final sit, I'm going back to the well on the Rams with Jared Goff, which is not too surprising for anyone, but this is an especially <laughs> bad matchup for Goff. Yeah. He's not top 20 fantasy points since week five. The Rams offense moves the ball effectively, but they run a lot inside the five-yard line. And Goff only has 13 touchdowns on the year. The Tampa Bay defense has given up the seventh fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, and it allows just 1.7 TD passes per game. Also, the Rams are now without their longtime left tackle, Andrew Whitworth. So I think the Buccaneers, you know, they they like to blitz. They will likely do what Miami did a few weeks ago when Goff just completely imploded and blitz him at will. I don't feel like Goff is even a streaming option this week. I think he's just yeah. someone to completely stay away from. Yeah, you won't catch me ever starting Jared Goff again in fantasy football. I am uh, pretty scorned from last season. But, you know, the facts are facts. It's a <laughs> terrible matchup. He's only gotten more than you said hasn't gotten more than 20 points since week five. I think it's, he's only gotten more than 20 points in three games this year. Um, and Tampa Bay has only given up 20 points or more to quarterbacks two times. So I definitely would not. There are better options out there than Jared Goff this week and most likely every week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this past week against Seattle, he didn't put up much of a fantasy game. But it, if you're thinking about a streaming option, someone going against Seattle, I think is a good choice. Yeah. So I thought Goff was actually a pretty good play last week, but he didn't find the end zone. They got down inside the 10, like we were talking about, and they just ran the ball. Yeah. Goff is somebody who's really, I mean, he threw for like 350 yards or something, but still only had something like 12 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. So I just don't think he's somebody right now that's any more than a game manager. Yeah. I would stay away. Yeah, for sure. And some other quick starts that we like this week. Mike Williams versus the New York Jets. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster at Jacksonville. Chase Edmonds at Seattle. I want to say, again, uh, for, as far as Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake goes, I have no idea which one of those guys. I don't know if I'll start either one of them, but Chase Edmonds against Seattle ended in their previous game this season had like 20 some points and Kenyon Drake only had five. And I think that Chase Edmonds is the better play in this game because they're likely it's going to be a shootout and Chase Edmonds is used more in the passing game than Kenyon Drake is. And that's the only reason I think he's the better play. Cause I do think Drake is still going to get plenty of carries, but right. So yeah, Drake will probably lead in, in carries with like 15, but he'll only have, 
nine or 10 points and Edmonds will have 19. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. It's, it's just impossible to tell. Yeah. Uh, more starts this week. JD McKissick against the Bengals. Another guy who I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. I believe it's Savan Ahmed, but I'm really not sure. Looks like the, Salvin to me. <laughs> well, right. But uh, the new RB for the Dolphins. Keep in mind that Matt Breida apparently might come back this week. But uh, it seems like Ahmed is still the number one guy there, at least for now, until Miles yeah. Gaskin comes back. Hopefully Miles Gaskin takes his job back when he's healthy because I have him on my IR. Right. <laughs> or And then our final one is Galladay and Marvin Jones at Carolina. And then some sits. I want to do this first one simply because Kyla put a little <laughs> a little thing on our Google Doc. Carson Wentz is our first sit at Cleveland, and she has in parentheses because he sucks. Yeah, so, he does. <laughs> There's so, no speaking excuse. Of, speaking of Kyla being scorned by a quarterback. <laughs> yes. Uh, Carson Wentz is my Jared Goff of 2020, but... Right. He does suck, and there's no excuse for it because his offense is getting healthy now, and he's got most of his offense outside of Deshaun Jackson and Zach Ertz. He still has, you know, um, Jalen Rager, Travis Folga, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard. He's got plenty of people now, and he still sucks. So I would not start Carson Wentz ever. If there's anything to blame other than than Wentz, it's the offensive line. But but really, Wentz's performance has been so bad um in our other sits Corey davis at baltimore and then giovanni bernard and joe mixon whoever plays between that duo at washington yeah which brings us to the game of the week which is an afc west matchup so i'm very intrigued kansas <laughs> city at las vegas eight and one at six and three i just want to say before we get into this I cannot wait until next season when hopefully we can go to football games again. I'm so thrilled that Las Vegas has a football team. And I have already researched if Dallas was going to play in Vegas next year, which they are not. But since the Raiders are in the same division as the Broncos, the Broncos will be in Vegas. And my plan already is to go to Vegas next year and see the Broncos and the Raiders and play craps and have the best weekend of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, since you're not a Broncos fan, you could probably choose any you probably choose any game, right? No, because or I just wait till I, the schedule's out. I like the Broncos. I live in the Denver area. So okay. of course, I mean I would rather go to see the Broncos if I can't see Dallas. And then Steven, who does not care about football, would not want to go to any other game besides the Broncos game because he will watch that at least a little bit. So, which which makes sense. But we love All to right. go to Vegas cuz we are <laughs> gamblers. So, it's it's going to be I am dying if you cannot tell. I'm dying to travel and go somewhere. I'm so tired of, <laughs> of the coronavirus. Right. Well, yeah, we all are. <laughs> I I was in Vegas about 2 weeks ago now and yeah. I did drive by the stadium. It was my first time in Vegas and what's amazing about Vegas too is that everything is really close together. Yeah. Like from our hotel room at the Aria, we could just look out and really see everything. The where the Raiders play is essentially right by where the Golden Knights play. Everything is just right there. So yeah, it seemed really cool. And it is exactly what you've heard and seen in pictures. It is just this huge black 
stadium. It's just all black and it, it says a legion on it. And it, it looks cool from the inside, but, th- but from the outside, it really does just like look like the black death star. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, Kansas city at Las Vegas. I will say I did not look up any stats on this game because I did not have time. <laughs> I went. I have finally gone back to work in some capacity, so I <laughs> rushed home to record this, and I did not have time to look up the stats. But what I will say, when they met before, I think that was the game where I was so confused why Kansas City stopped running the ball because they were running the ball good early on. They stopped. They ended up losing the game. So what I'm hoping for is that they learned a valuable lesson and they go back to running the ball this week against the Raiders because the Raiders run defense is not very good. And they have Clyde Edwards, E. Lair, who is a great running back and they got Le'Veon Bell, but who gives a fuck about him? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hoping this is, you know, wishful thinking maybe, but I'm hoping the Kansas city will get back to running the ball. Of course they're going to throw. They've got Patrick Mahomes. But I think it's going to be another high-scoring game. I think you can start all of your top guys, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I'm going to even say you can start Clyde Edwards-Elair. I think if there's any game that you can start him in moving forward, it will be this one. He only got 11 points, I think, against them last time. But I'm thinking they're coming out of a bye week, hopefully, They're going to get back to running the ball a bit. Mm -hmm. As far as the Raiders, I think you can start Derek Carr. He had a great game against Kansas City before, despite, you know, the Kansas City defense being pretty good this year. You're starting Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. I still don't trust any of the receivers for the Raiders. Nelson Aguilar had a good game against them, I think, last time. He did. But I, I, it's impossible to predict, I feel like. So I wouldn't start any of them. I think Kansas City is going to win this one. They're not going to lose to the Raiders again, and it's going to be high-scoring, very fantasy-friendly. That's all I got. Yeah, a lot of these Sunday night games have turned out to not be very good. Yeah. Uh, you you had the Buccaneers and Saints not too long ago, and that game wound up being terrible. Yeah. Traditionally, as you mentioned, Andy Reid coming off a of bye week spells doom for the opposing team. Can, when he comes out of a bye week, it just seems like an automatic win. But Vegas is probably feeling pretty good after thrashing Denver, so maybe that will change yeah. it a little bit. As you mentioned, with the Chiefs, I would start everybody, maybe even Sammy Watkins, who's coming off of an injury if he plays yeah, in a flex spot if you need him. I think the real question is whether the Raiders can do again what they did last time when the teams played in Week 5. They won 40-32. to 32. Carr threw for 347 yards and, and three touchdowns, which is his season high in both categories. Uh, as you mentioned, Aguilar, he had a long touchdown. And then Ruggs, he scored his only TD of the year against the Chiefs. So to me, it seems like an outlier. The Chiefs failed on some coverages that they probably won't fail on again. Josh Jacobs had one of his best games of the year, though. He ran for two touchdowns and finished with 22.5 fantasy points. And Kansas City ranks 29th in rushing yards allowed per game. I think they ride Jacobs and they try to play action into those big plays again. 
But as you mentioned, from a fantasy standpoint, you can't guarantee, especially a team that is typically good against the pass, you can't guarantee that Aguilar and Ruggs or Brian Edwards or Hunter Renfro or whoever has a, a huge game. I don't think you can start any of them. As you mentioned, I would start Waller. I would start Jacobs. And then I think Carr is a good streaming option, if only for this week. Yeah. But I think their win last time was just too fluky. I don't think that's going to happen again. And Kansas City, over these past few years, has absolutely dominated the divisional games. I don't think they've done worse than 5-1. and Yeah. Maybe. I would have to look that up. Maybe 4-2 and one season. But uh, I think they'll beat the Raiders. And because it's Sunday Night Football, I just have a feeling they're going to blow them out, even though it doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen. I'm hoping for a couple touchdowns from Clyde. Yeah, I'm thinking like a 38-24 type deal. Uh, I, Since I like watching AFC West games, I really want this to be a good game. Yeah. But for some reason, I just think the Chiefs are going to get their revenge. Yeah, I think so too. All right, so our starting lineup is all that's left, and mine is very up in the air at this point. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about mine. Mine's completely <laughs> up in the air, as we talked about earlier. It completely depends on if Calvin Ridley and Chris Carson play. So, Yeah, you can go ahead if you want. All right, yeah, I've, I've got Lamar Jackson, who I'm going to play. And then at the moment, I have Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson in my flex. Put Mark Andrews back in there, which, you know, shed a tear for me there. <laughs> Derek Henry, Antonio Gibson. But as I mentioned right now, I have Godwin on the bench, Jerry Judy, Eric Ebron, and Chris Carson. If Carson plays, I'm going to plug him in for Antonio Gibson. So we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) I have Brandon McManus and then the Miami defense. I'm really happy I picked up the Miami defense because their next two opponents are Denver and the New York Jets. And then they they play the Bengals before their schedule gets kind of hard. They have the Chiefs, Patriots, and Vegas after that. But uh, at least for the next three weeks, I don't think I'm going to pick up another defense. I'm just going to play Miami. Yeah, I think that's smart. And I forgot my defense last week only got zero points. It was Washington against Detroit, which I knew was not a great matchup, but I didn't think they would get zero points. Sure. Um, But I'm sticking (laughs) with them again this week. Washington versus Cincinnati. Um, Then my quarterback again, Justin Herbert still. In my wide receiver spots, I have Allen Robinson on a bye. So I've got A.J. Brown and Christian Kirk in my wide receiver one and two. And then my flex, I have Kenny Galladay for the time being. I am really hoping to get Galladay back this week. If he does not play, I do not know what I'm going to do. (laughs) (laughs) I have options, but I feel like none of them are great. So I either have... Leonard Fournette to plug into my flex, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Marquise Brown, which is not going to happen, and then Jared Cook, which is also not going to happen. So in my starting running backs, I have Todd Gurley and Clyde Edwards-Elair right now, which I could also change any of those people on my bench for those guys too. And it's too early in the week, and I haven't had time to think about it. So I don't know what I'm going to do. But in my tight end spot, I've got Dallas Goddard at Cleveland. I think even if Zach Ertz comes back this week, I think Goddard is still going to be a good play. In the one game that they've both been in fully 
all year. Dallas got her out targeted Zach Ertz and got like 27 points. So I'm hoping that Zach Ertz comes back, coming back will make Dallas got her better. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. You, you never know that that so. situation has been super confusing, yeah. but it seems like if Galladay is out, you're going to play either Drake or Edmonds. But then again, that's the Thursday night game. Oh yeah, it is. So you've got a decision to make. You got to plug in. If you're going to plug in one of those guys, you're going to have to do it early. But should I? You said Todd Gurley is a bad matchup. Should I plug in one of those guys instead of Todd Gurley? (laughs) Uh, well, I'd say probably not. (laughs) Your situation, I would say probably not. I Uh, guess I could if I don't plug one of those guys in, and Galladay ends up not playing. I can always just put Fournette back in my flex which is iffy because who knows how many carries he's going to get but against the rams maybe that game's going to be more competitive maybe he'll get more touches can always plug in either Edmonds or drake into an rb spot not a flex spot but an rb spot early on in the week and you know if you think they're going to have a good game if you like Edmonds and plug him in and then later on in the week you could always go with Gurley and then Clyde in your flex. Yeah. And but then you'd that. be leaving out Galladay, but then you could potentially you you would already have Kirk in there too, because he plays Thursday. Yeah. Which is so, why I have him in my wide receiver spot instead of my flex spot. Yeah. I don't know and, what I'm gonna you're do. Not gonna, and you're not gonna take AJ Brown out for Galladay. No. So... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> You you say with your hands on your head. I don't know completely what I'm lost do. in thought. I'm hoping maybe tomorrow morning they'll say whether Galladay is going to play or not. <laughs> that would certainly be helpful. It would. If, you, if, if he practices, you know, today, which he already did, and then tomorrow as well. It looks pretty you've, good. You've got to think that he's going to play. And I want to play him if he's playing. I do not want to sit Kenny Galladay. Right. So, oh, I'm deep in yeah. thought here. This is hard. This is so hard because I have if a lot have of Burn. mediocre people to choose from. I don't have any great people. <laughs> I just have mediocre choices. Well, if you have Brown and Galladay and you are confident that Gurley can get you that, you know, that touchdown and get you to 10 points. If I could get 10 points from Gurley and like 30 from Clyde, that'd be great. <laughs> 30 from Clyde. Yeah, you never know. But uh, the way the season's gone, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's impossible to get 30 from Clyde because then he's going to go out and get 33. Yeah. But uh, it looks like if Galladay plays, your decision comes down to Kirk, Edmonds, or Drake in the flex. Yeah, which I think Kirk is probably the best option. I don't well, know. I don't know. <laughs> But that that is the toughest part about it, though, is that if you do play as your lineup sits right now, Brown, Kirk, and Galladay, and then Gurley and Clyde, then you don't play either RB from the Cardinals on Thursday, and maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe they both get like ten or eleven, yeah. and then if Galladay for some reason doesn't play, you have to have Fournette as an emergency start. You know, things could be and worse. I- I got Hollywood Brown, too, as an emergency start against Tennessee, which is a good matchup, but I don't really trust him. Man, we loved Hollywood coming into the year. 
Yeah. And he has not done squat. He has not gotten double digit points since week five. Why is it always week five? I don't know. Seems like we've mentioned five guys now. He hasn't got double digit points since week five, <laughs> or he hasn't cleared 20 points since week five. So maybe, maybe it's time for him to blow up now since it's been so long. You know, <laughs> stranger things have happened. I think only we're making two, things. <laughs> only two receiving touchdowns on the year. I think we're but making the, things more confusing than 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 better. <laughs> the Titans have allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. So, yeah. but the Ravens' offense also is a mess. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't trust Brown no matter what. Yeah. So you know maybe you wake up tomorrow, maybe uh, maybe Galladay isn't playing, and that allows some clarity. Yeah. I really but, don't want to uh, have two people in the game on Thursday night either, though, because that those are always unpredictable too. Yeah, and they but they are playing Seattle, yeah. and last time Arizona had a great game offensively, fantasy wise. But Kirk played great against Seattle. Yeah, yeah. It's this is tough. This is <laughs> you know. I'm, uh, I'm glad that we're talking it out, but this I'm is gonna, tough. And, but well, you know. In the end, in the end, I clearly have my own problems. So, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll mull it over and see uh, what happens. I don't know. I guess we'll let you know next week how, how it went, what we decided. Um, oh, hold on. Bef- before we go, since we, you know, this is the end, Chris Carson's projected just went way down. Uh oh. What happened? It, oh, it just says he's questionable. Well, that was, we already knew that. <laughs> but why did it is go it, way down? I don't know. It just went from 15 to 6, and it says he returned to practice on a limited basis, um, but he's a game-time decision, which we already knew all of that. And luckily, he plays a Thursday. I mean, that, and in this situation, it's good that he plays a Thursday game because then you'll know ahead of all the other games if he's going to play or not. Yeah, and I read another report that they're not going to let him play unless he's fully healthy. So if Chris Carson is fully healthy... That makes me think it's okay to plug him in there. It's not going to be a situation where you plug him in and then he only gets five carries and it's actually Carlos Hyde or anything. If he plays, he's going to really play. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Thursday brings us. We will see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared. All right. That's all for the show today. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to us right now. You can still continue to find us there. (laughs) (laughs) Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. That is where we post our weekly waiver wire ads on Tuesdays. And you can ask us your lineup questions. Thanks for listening. Good luck in week 11. And we'll see you next time. See you later.